0: This video is brought to you by Blessed Be God Boutique, maker of Catholic fashionable apparel, handmade accessories, and more. Francis' new document, Desiderio Desideravi, has taken the Catholic world by storm, causing a lot of commentary and analysis on a document that doesn't appear to be binding, at least on the surface. I do think it is binding, just not in the canon law or metaphysical sense of the word binding. And I'll go over that at the end of this video, but I wanted to give you what the luminaries of the English-speaking traditional world are saying about this document and its effects. So let's get into this without further delay. On the New Liturgical Movement website, Dr. Peter Kwasniewski shared this quote from then-Cardinal Ratzinger about the purposes of the Second Vatican Council and its supposed reform of the liturgy. Quote, The problem of the new Missal, the Missal promulgated by Paul VI, the Novus Ordo, Why is it in its abandonment of a historical process that was always continual before and after St. Pius V, and in the creation of a completely new book, although it was compiled of old material, the publication of which was accompanied by a prohibition of all that came before it, which besides is unheard of in the history of both law and liturgy? And I can say with certainty, based on my knowledge of the conciliar debates and my repeated reading of the speeches made by the Council Fathers, that this does not correspond to the intentions of the Second Vatican Council end quote." This is a contradiction with what Francis said in his new document he released yesterday, and it's such a contradiction that it is extremely important. So re- remember what Benedict said here, because this whole document has caused a firestorm among a, a liturgical observers and commentators, and that's to be expected. Father Z over at his blog describes this as an attempt to calm the storm that has emerged in the church since the release of Traditionus Custodus. The good priest points a few obvious things out. At first, it's clearly written by several authors and had little proofreading, as is evidenced by the changing voice of the writer across the document. Seriously, the document goes from being written from a first person singular position with statements saying things like, I did X, etc., to the first person plural we kind of papal writing it's bizarre and demonstrates a sloppiness that we've come to expect in this late stage of the francis reign honestly probably soon to be cardinal arthur roach is responsible for that father z also points out that the document makes no binding claims i'll get to that in a moment he's right speaking strictly in a legal sense but remember francis likes to use virtual power to intimidate people and this document clearly shows his intentions but the priest has this important observation here. Quote, The letter does not bind, neither does it loose. It is a clear attempt to express the mens, the reasoning behind Traditionis Custodis, to justify it. In that it expressed the mens of the one who gave the slapdash Traditionis Custodis, it is worth not nothing. In my opinion, the letter fails to justify Traditionis Custodis because all of the very good reflections in the letter, as well as its criticism of abusive or haphazard worship, Apply well to the Vetus Ordo. As a matter of fact, in reading the ideolo- idealistic reflections about worship in this letter, and some of them are very good, it is apparent to anybody steeped both in the Vetus Ordo and the Novus Ordo that the Vetus Ordo does much of what Francis hopes for better than the Novus. That's the ironic twist. End quote. That is precisely correct. Everything that we who defend and promote the apostolic mass claim is what Francis says the new mass does. It's amazing, like looking to a parallel universe. Elsewhere, over at 1 Peter 5, Dr. Peter Kwasniewski observes that Francis' central argument is about keeping the Second Vatican Council wanting a new liturgy. That's what Francis' argument is, that the Second Vatican Council asked for a new liturgy in their document, Sacrosanctum Concilium. Dr. K. points out that the entire credibility of Francis's claim rests on that point. He then goes into quoting Francis at length before saying the following, quote, It seems in keeping with the old saying a bishop never had a bad meal, or here's the truth, that some well-meaning servitors in the Vatican have been hiding from the pope and his entourage of truth that is known to millions of others this belief in the Nova Sordo as the fruit of vatican ii is simply false and can be easily shown to be false universal literacy and the internet have tidally seen to that the actual story is rather told rather well in the recent episode two of mass of the ages which appeared only a month ago and already has as of this writing one million and three hundred thousand views vastly more than the number of people who will ever bother to read this latest 63-paragraph papal reflection. Those who lament the dire condition of the Church's public worship and who long for its restoration in harmony with sound tradition have long known about the massive disjunction between the provisions of the Constitution, Sacrosanctum Concilium, as approved by the vast majority of the council fathers, and the actual Ugnini montini liturgical rites mendaciously promulgated in the name of that council. This is why the near-unanimous approval of Sacrosanctum Concilium turned into a bitter dispute among the bishops when they were shown the 1967 Vetus or Novus Ordo at the Synod of Bishops, as depicted in the film with their actual quotations. This shows clearly that when the Pope actually listened to the bishops of Vatican II encouraged them to speak candidly, they did not give their approval to the Novus Ordo, end quote. Again, this has been well known in traditional circles for decades. The Council wanted some revisions of the traditional Mass, with possibly some vernacular added in in places like the Gloria or the Paternoster. the Our Father, for those who don't speak Latin. But the rest of the Mass said as it is still said in Latin, the priest facing the altar, with the liturgical rubrics easily recognizable to Catholics of past ages, and still including all the things that were taken out of it and replaced in Paul VI's new rite. And if that was the mass we had gotten in 1969, it is highly unlikely that there would be a vibrant and growing trad movement today, let alone a Society of St. Pius X or Archbishop Lefebvre being known as for anything other than being at the council and having been a leader of a missionary group of priests. But I want to point out something else. Francis is declaring his intentions to further weaken and eventually eliminate the traditional Mass in this document. No, he doesn't say that explicitly, but there are a couple of statements in the document that make it clear that he is warning the former Ecclesia Day groups that they shouldn't get too comfortable. For example, paragraphs 30 and 31 of the document say the following, Quote, Closing the second session of the Council, December 4, 1963, Paul VI expressed himself in this way. The difficult, complex debates have had rich results. They have brought one topic to a conclusion, the sacred liturgy, treated before all others. In a sense, it has priority over all the others for its intrinsic dignity and importance to the life of the church. And today we will solemnly promulgate the document on that liturgy. Our spirit, therefore, exults with true joy for in the way things have gone. We note respect for a right scale of values and duties. God must hold first place prayer to him is our first duty the liturgy is the first source of divine communion in which god shares his own life with us it is also the first school of the spiritual life the liturgy is the first gift we must make to the christian people united to us by faith in the fervor of their prayers it is also a primary invitation to the human race so that all may now lift their mute voices in blessed and genuine prayer and thus may experience that indescribable regenerative power to be found and they join us in proclaiming the praises of god and the hopes of the human heart through jesus christ and in the holy spirit paragraph 31 in this letter i cannot dwell with you on the richness of this passage's various expressions which i recommend to your own meditation if the liturgy is the summit toward which the activity of the church is directed and at the same time the font from which all her power flows see Sacrosanctum concilium number 10 Well, then, we can understand what is at stake in the liturgical question. It would be trivial to read the tensions, unfortunately present around the celebration, as a simple divergence between different tastes concerning a particular liturgical form. The problematic is primarily ecclesiological. I do not see how it is possible to say that one recognizes the validity of the council though it amazes me that a Catholic might presume not to do so, and at the same time not accept the liturgical reform born out of Sacrosanctum Concilium, a document that expresses the reality of that liturgy intimately joined to the vision of the Church so admirably described in Lumen Gentium. For this reason, as I already expressed in my letter to all the bishops, I have felt it my duty to affirm that the liturgical books promulgated by Paul VI and Paul, John Paul II in conformity with the decrees of Vatican II are the unique expression of the orandi of the Roman Rite. The non-acceptance of the liturgical reform is also a superficial understanding of it, distracts us from the obligation of finding responses to the question that I come back to repeating. How can we grow in our capacity to live in full the liturgical action? How do we continue to let ourselves be amazed at what happens in the celebration under our very eyes? We are in need of a serious and dynamical liturgical formation. End quote. I know that was a lengthy quote, but did you catch that? You can't say you accept the council and then not accept the new mass. That is aimed squarely at all the Latin mass groups, like the FSSP and the Institute of Christ the King and the religious orders dedicated to tradition. Yes, some of their priests say the new mass. Famously, FSSP priests in Europe will often offer the Novus Ordo. But as a general rule, their societies are dedicated to the preservation and promulgation of the traditional liturgy. And despite whatever they may say about recognizing the Novus Ordo mass's validity, their actions kind of say otherwise especially when it comes to attitudes of younger priests who are a little different than SSPX priests in terms of their attitude towards the new mass. And I know this from having met numerous young FSSP priests and seminarians. They sound very much like SSPX priests when a topic of the new mass is brought up. Like Dr. K said, the entire argument hinges on Francis's claim that the council wanted a holy new liturgy. We know that to be false. It's been known to be false for decades, and former Cardinal Ratzinger attests to that himself. Now, the one thing I take issue with in the responses so far as this strictly speaking francis is not ordering or binding anyone to anything but life site news has a good summary of this and why this isn't precisely true from their article quote later in the document the pope calls, calls on all the bishops priests and deacons the formators and seminaries the instructors in theological faculties and schools of theology and all the catechists to heed his command not to go back to that ritual form which the second vatican council fathers cum petro et Petro felt the need to reform, approving under the guidance of the Holy Spirit and following their conscience as pastors, the principles from which was born the reform. Francis emphasized the work of both Popes Paul VI and John Paul II as guaranteeing the fidelity of the reform of the council. For this reason, I wrote *Traditionis Custodis, so that the church may lift up in the variety of so many languages one and the same prayer capable of expressing her unity. As I have already written, I intend that this unity be reestablished in the whole Church of the Roman Rite, Francis stated. In conclusion, the Pope urged the faithful to abandon our polemics to listen together to what the Spirit is saying to the Church. Let us safeguard our communion. Let us continue to be astonished at the beauty of the liturgy. The Paschal mystery has been given to us. Let us allow ourselves to be embraced by the desire that the Lord continues to have to eat his Passover with us. All this under the gaze of Mary, mother of the Church, Francis said. End quote. Strong words coming from the man who gave the woman I call Lady Moloch Holy Communion in front of the press (laughs) this past, just on the same day that he issued this document. But Francis wants a unitary form of worship for the entire church. And if I was an Eastern Rite Catholic, I'd be worried when I hear things like that. But for now, suffice it to say, he is clearly giving an instruction, a soft instruction, but one that is backed by his ruthless reputation. Don't institute the traditional mass in any way full stop that is his instruction to the bishops we are all to learn about the beauties of the liturgical reform foisted upon the church by actual protestants and a stone cutter all of which have been confirmed and just accept this disjunction in the history of the church this clear break from what came before it's all pretty clear once you read it that doesn't mean it's binding in the theological sense if you're a student of power like i am and if you remember the story of bishop Flor of the, of the puerto rican bishop then you see a clearer command being given here and implications of what comes if he does, if the command is not followed. So should the FSSP priests and similar groups be worried? Thinking back to art, Article 31 of that document, should they be worried? Is this document just the thrashing of a man who is on the doorstep of going to meet our Lord in his personal judgment and he knows it and thus should be ignored? Let me know what you think of this in the comments, please. And like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. And share this on social media if you can. That helps a lot as well. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.